listeners. I'm Joni B. Cole, host of Author Can I Ask You? In each short conversation, I ask a writer a non-writing related question that lets you and me get to know them just a little bit better as a person. I'm an author myself, so I'm always looking for an excuse to ask the odd questions. Let's get started and meet today's guest. Today, I welcome Jane Cleland, author of the long-running and much-acclaimed Josie Prescott Antiques Mystery Series. Right from the start, Jane's debut novel, Consigned to Death, hit it out of the ballpark. Library Journal named it a core title for librarians looking to build a cozy collection. Jane is also the author of the best-selling how-to book, Mastering Suspense, Structure, and Plot, which mystery writer Louise Penny describes as a goldmine of information. Hey, Jane, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a great pleasure to be here. Jane, your main character, Josie, she runs an antiques business in small coastal town, New Hampshire. And before that, she worked as an expert at a New York City auction house. So when she's not being an amateur sleuth, Josie spends much of her days buying, appraising, and selling an intriguing array of antiques and other treasures. What I'm curious about, Jane, is what do you consider one of your most meaningful treasures? I think that whole concept of having meaning is itself interesting. It's based on perception, right? Of course. Yeah, what one hurt person holds dear is likely to be profoundly different from what another person holds dear. The old one man's treasure is another one's white elephant kind of <laughs> idea. For example, I have a cardboard gilt <laughs> with fake jewel embossed crown. <laughs> because in my writing courses, I always tell my students, don't argue, just do it this way. I am, after all. Queen Jane. <laughs> and so at the end of one semester, my students got together and got me a crown to celebrate their time with Queen Jane, which, you know, it's just so meaningful to me. Another really meaningful object is a tile that came out of Rex Stout's bathroom <laughs> in his home in High Meadows. The tile is custom designed. Uh, Rex Stout wrote the Nero Wolf mysteries. And if you think of Rex, King, right? So there's a crown on the tile. Well, his daughter, Barbara Stout, a generation after Mr. Stout's death, gave it to me. Aww. And I framed it and I keep it where I write. But my choice of the most significant item is a photograph of my darling husband, Joe, and me at our wedding. It is the only picture we were able to salvage after a flood. Oh, gosh. And if the photo could talk, it would report the joy Joe and I felt that day. It would recall my running to show Joe how beautiful the photo looked in its fancy frame. And it would recount nearly drowning and drying in the sun mm. and wishing it wasn't so washed out. Oh, gosh. And now it would be thrilled to be back in its place in the living room, <laughs> an enduring symbol of our love and our dreams. That's so lovely. Is there anything when you look around your home, you see that maybe you should Marie Kondo in that, you know, you should maybe say thank you to it and goodbye, and you've been holding on to it too long? Well, right now, the answer is nothing. But a few years ago, the answer was definitely something. For many years, I was a corporate trainer, and I had copious notes because I was so diligent in making sure the content was correct and up to date, and I had three ring binders and 
Well, I don't do that work anymore. And if I ever went back to it, all my material was out of date, so I'd have to update it again anyway. But what it taught me was that I didn't care. It was easy to get rid of. Huh. It was just here because it had always been here. I have confidence in my capability. I didn't need those three ring binders anymore. Yeah. It's quite a revelation for me. When it comes to being a corporate trainer, any memorable experiences from that part of your work history? Oh, golly, I'll tell you the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened to me in my life. I appreciate that. So the first time I spoke professionally, I fell upside down in a trash can. <laughs> there were 76 people in the room. This is true. Oh, gosh. I was walking backwards up the center aisle of a hotel's meeting room, holding an example of excellent graphic design high above my head when I ran into an oversized garbage can that one of the hotel workers had forgotten to remove. I was wearing a skirt and high heels. Oh, no. My first thought was for my hair. Of course. I have baby fine hair that's hard to style. And all I could think of was how awful and unprofessional I'd look once I got out of the trash can. My second thought was for my suit. It was soft gray wool, the first I'd ever bought and the only one I owned. I had another seminar scheduled in Dayton the next day. What would I do, I wonder, if I couldn't salvage my suit? <laughs> my third thought was for my carefully mounted example which had frisbeed somewhere to my left as I'd flipped upside down. Truly, I have no idea if this nightmare lasted seconds or minutes or even longer. People weren't laughing, but I didn't take this to be good news. <laughs> How did you get out of the trash? Two men seated nearby approached the can, peered down, and with a quiet, you take the thigh, I'll take the hip, hoisted me out and set me upright. And I went on if I do say so myself, with enormous savoir-faire. <laughs> it goes to show that sometimes things start out bad and end up good. It is the perfect story of resiliency. And I have to say, though my face is beat red on your behalf, I do find that story inspiring. You wrote on your website, I love my characters, so I'm always glad to spend time with them. I wanted to know if you and Josie were to sit down over a couple glasses of wine is there anything she could tell you that could still surprise you? Yes. Um, and I'll answer that on a couple of levels. Number one, I feel on some level like I've just scratched the surface of her personality. She is pretty black and white. She's a literal kind of gal. And I suspect that is because anytime she has ventured off the straight and narrow, she's run into trouble or she's been disappointed. Hmm. I think that's why people end up just staying with blinders on. And I would hope that someday she will tell me what some of those experiences are. But the other thing that I can say is in the next book coming out, which is Jane Austen's Lost Letters, which will be published in December 2021, there's a really big surprise that she certainly did not see coming. And I'm going to be interested to see what she does with it. That's so cool. It's so clear. Having read your books, you two very much enjoy each other's company. I love how you once described your main character. Josie Prescott is honorable to her toes, devoted to her husband, a savvy businesswoman, and a loyal friend. So Jane, I can see why you two get along so well. I want to switch gears and talk about plot for a bit. 
So I know because I teach writing as well that plotting flummoxes a lot of aspiring authors, a lot of novelists. Is there anything you can say in terms of what's something most writers get wrong when plotting their books? There are two ways that writers plot. The first way is that you come up with your characters and then you figure out what those people would do. And that's the plot. The second way is that you figure out the plot and then you figure out what people would do those things. Hmm. That's my approach. I am a plot driven girl. So I make no judgment that the first way is wrong. I'm just saying that if you're going to be character driven, you better get to plot at some point. You better not just keep free associating because that's when people just ramble and they go off on tangents that interest them about that character at the moment. And there is no, what I call a through line plot. And this relates to the narrative question. You have to, within the first sentence, paragraph, page, chapter, certainly, you have to set out an implied question that represents a promise to the reader that if they stay with you through the story, whether that's a short story, a book, or whatever, they'll get the answer. And I think a lot of writers don't think about their opening as creating a contract, a promise with the reader. Well, that's the promise, of course, that makes us want to keep reading on to find out what happens next. Jane, in addition to your clever plotting, I've also noticed another surprise bonus of your books. And that's that we often learn something about antiques or history or art. And I think that's such a real perk. It never disrupts the plot, but it certainly enhances the reading experience. It's interesting that I do that on purpose. I read some research years ago about hobbies, favorite hobbies. And in the top five was the hobby of, quote, learning new things. It's one of the reasons the Discovery Channel is popular and the History Channel and so on. People like learning new things. Well, it's a wonderful attribute of your mysteries. Well, Jane, do you have time for one more question? I sure do. Okay, here it is. If you were to write a six-word memoir, what would it be? I spent a long time thinking about it. At first, I was inclined to focus on really sort of how can I sum up my life? But then I realized that would be in the arena of an autobiography, which is a chronological telling of a life. And that's not a memoir. A memoir is a themed slice of life. So that then begged the question, which part of my life did I want to write a memoir about? And for that, I selected what was the pivotal event that made me the person that I am. My memoir has a title. The title is Dad. Dad died when I was 17. Well, those six words pack a punch, don't they? As writers, we try to start at the inciting incident. So if I'm the protagonist of my own life, That moment changed everything. Yeah. Jane, thank you for your thoughtful answers. And thank you for being a guest on my show. I look forward to the end of this year when Jane Austen's Lost Letters comes out, number 14 in your long-running series. So well done. Congratulations. Thank you so much for having me, for including me. I wish you all success with the podcast. I think it's really wonderful. You do a great job. Oh, thanks so much. Listeners, 
If you want to find out more about Jane and her books, check out her website, janecleland.com. And be sure to check out the events page for Jane's free monthly webinars featuring different aspects on the craft of writing. So that's it for this episode of Author, Can I Ask You? Thanks, everybody, for listening. And if you like what you heard, please spread the word and visit me on my website, JoniBCole.com. In the meantime, take care, act civil, and don't be afraid to ask the odd questions.